Welcome to another episode of Mental Conversations, a podcast focusing on positive mental health and overcoming the struggles of life. My name's Chris Sutton and I'm excited. <laughs> Today I am joined once again in our lead studio by Chester Howarth. Um, Chester is studying politics and economics at Nottingham University and the reason this subject is so good and I'm going to embarrass you because you didn't know I was going to say this, you are one of the most dapper people I've ever met. What? So, <laughs> thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me back. You're 21 years old. Indeed. I'm 42. Let's just put that out there so that people are getting an idea of how this conversation works. Because what we want to talk about today is societal pressures and how, you know, I've done a show before with the wonderful uh, Nicky Nakinu, Nicholas Stewart, who, <laughs> uh, around consumerism. And this is a bit of a follow-up to that, really. Yeah. I want to get your perspective as an attractive, dapper man. Um, cool shoes, cool shirt, done with the button done up, um, funky glasses. Yeah, uh. you know. <laughs> um, so, but what, what kind of pressure society puts on us and why we actually feel we need to conform to trying to achieve, if you like, mm. um, certain things in terms of status, the way we look, money, blah, 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 blah. And actually, what's the detrimental effect of that on our mental yeah. health? Sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. So what are your, any initial thoughts? Well, my first thought is that this, this model of what we, what a lot of us aspire to and think about as the kind of person that we would want to be or the kind of the kind of per the kind of things we would want to have. Mm. Um, if you actually look around, I think what you find is that most people, the the vast majority of people, don't conform to this um, this idea of what we ourselves think we should conform to. Ooh, okay. I think. What do you mean? <laughs> what you think? As in, like the idea that is driven to us and fabricated almost by advertising and things like that. Yeah. Is largely unachievable. Oh, I definitely. And, agree and with yeah, that, when yeah. you look around, most people don't look like the kind of people that you see in the media. Most people don't look. Even the people who you might look through, say you might look through like, someone's Instagram. Yeah. But when you actually meet someone, you realise that life, everyone's lives are very different. Hmm. Um, and that this kind of simplified version of people's lives that we see in social media and things, and that is driven to us through advertising and things like that, um, is actually really doesn't exist in a lot of No, it's, un of it's unachievable, and I think that in, it appears, at least, I might be wrong in saying this, but it, at the very least it appears that the closest, pe the closest people come to that existence are celebrities. Yeah. Um... And then you scratch quite, not even very far beneath the surface with, you know, a lot of celebrities and they don't seem very happy. No. So actually this kind of, this is the, you know, where I want to try and get to this state, um, isn't really going to make you happy. And yet I think... I'm right in saying that the driving force behind people trying to achieve it is because they want to be happier. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. I just thought then, as, as you said that, I thought, I think even ourselves, we often, we often know that this is what we're doing. One of the reasons, one of the like, 
to be quite honest, one of the reasons that I came off um, social media and deleted my Instagram and things like that was because something inside of me knew that I was just doing doing this stuff because I wanted to appear a certain way. And that is me being totally honest. That's crazy, isn't it? Is that I wanted people to think that I was doing certain things, looked a certain way. And it's, it's all, and we do it ourselves, we fabricate this version of ourselves. Yeah. But then still, with a very big double standard, beat ourselves up for not living up to the other expectations that God, we see of other people. It's so complicated, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it's, I, but I think people out there listening to this will, will really relate to that. You know, I mean, I am on, it, it was funny, when you, I didn't know you went on social media. But when you said to me then about um, Instagram, I was thinking, I've been on Instagram twice in my life, I think. Uh, I think I have an account, an Instagram account. Yeah. Well, I certainly don't use it. I think someone said to me, oh, you've got to set up an Instagram account. And and then, um, oh, no, what's the one with all the funny bunny ears and stuff like that? Oh, Snapchat. Oh, what, the, what is that all about? Because... <laughs> like, uh, you know, I've got uh, I've got a friend who's a forty seven year old man who sends him sends pictures to me of him looking like a hedgehog or something. Like, <laughs> like I'm like, I love you, mate. I, mean, I know you're out there listening to the. I love you to pieces. Um, it's fun. I get it. But like, anyway, the um, but I don't I don't I don't really engage with that. But it's in, so it's interesting that you've been through that and then actually decided to delete them yeah now my understanding with that is that so many people you know you live your life in your phone absolutely so you actually you're not actually in the world it's literally it's almost literally like the matrix the film you know you're you're in that phone yeah i mean the term just relating to social media the the term social media is kind of the biggest deception mm. I think, that there is. There's nothing social about yeah, it. Yeah, I actually heard someone say, no, it's anti-social media. Yeah. 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 I mean, but, and it goes, it goes, um, the advertising thing is linked, very heavily linked into that, isn't it, as well? I don't know about Instagram. But it's Instagram, very much integrated but into social media now, isn't so it? So uh, Facebook, for example, that's the one I'd be most up to date with, if you like, and that's... Um, that always has like adverts down the side of the yeah. page, doesn't it? And quite often they seem to be things that you've been surfing the net about. Oh, um, they will be. So there's a, so it's obviously all linked, and then you yeah. go, "Whoa, hang on a minute, Big Brother is watching," kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and then you feed the machine because you think, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't like the fact that it's advertising all these products, but I really do need a feather duster." Yeah. Like, <laughs> like so. Well, we all do. <laughs> like, of course we do, yeah. Um, but, so, being driven by... One of the things you said that really interested me a minute ago was how you're driving yourself towards a standard that you yourself have set, that you are ultimately... You know that you're portraying something which is essentially, dare I say it, a lie. Mm-hmm. And yet you beat yourself up that you're not achieving that lie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's stupid, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely stupid. So, the, so in terms of, I mean, I. This is slightly off topic, but there's a couple of things I've written down that, that are a bit fascinated around, particularly in. So when I was your age, there was no social media. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I people think. still had 
what do you call them? Friends? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, <laughs> I had two. Kev and Fred. Um, like, so... No, but yeah, people still had friends. You still, you know... Uh, I got my, I think I got my first mobile phone when I was in my last year at university. So, it, it was like... But there are things now that are talked about, and I'm sure this has happened forever, but it's certainly changed, I think, for the worse. Body image. Oh, yeah. You know, someone was telling me something yesterday about there's a latest craze for women, uh, or young women in particular, maybe even teenagers, around your rib cage and um, around okay. how you, if you can see your ribs. And I was thinking... Like the new thigh gap thing. I don't I even guess. know what that means, but like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Um, yeah, but but yeah, that, that if that is what people are trying to achieve, I was thinking that's not even attractive, is it? So that is, I mean, that's terrible because the like in the um, the Lord Darcy review that um, that was released this year, he said that um, hospital admissions for serious um, life, I think life threatening. I might be wrong there, but I think. So admissions for life-threatening eating disorders mm. has doubled in the past six years. Wow, wow! And you think that is coming—that is coming from somewhere, because our our biology is certainly not changing so no, fast no. as to create. And this is one of the things that we touched upon last week in terms of the brain and chemicals being a driving force for mental health and things like this. When actually, it's part of a much bigger social structure. Yeah. Um, but the idea that suddenly people can be experiencing these very serious, very horrible yeah. problems. The idea that that is an individual thing it, is, uh, is crazy. But it is, but that is driven by pictures in magazines and, you know, and people on TV and Love Island, dare I say. I've <laughs> never seen Love Island, but everyone else seems to be talking about it. Yeah, I don't think I've heard anything else for a few weeks. Um, so, you know... And, it, and it, I mean, it's just a bit sad, really. It's just a bit depressing that this is that this is where where people get to. And like you just said a minute ago, a few minutes ago, actually, when you walk down the street, very few people look like this. Whatever people are trying to look like, yeah. So we're ultimately setting the majority of society out to fail. So oh, yeah. we're setting ourselves up to fail. And then I hear people saying, well, that's what they want. That's what they're trying to control. And I'm like, who are they? I don't get this. (laughs) I I genuinely don't get it. Who are they? Because one of the things, and we talked about last week about, you know, so the the influence of government, for example, I don't want to get into um, necessarily talking about politics and stuff, but if you look at the way we as a society look at smoking now Mm -hmm. compared to when... Uh, you know, I mean, massively compared to, you know, 40 years ago when people could, like, smoke in the offices and things like that. You know, relatively, relatively few people smoke now. Mm-hmm. And that a lot of that has come down to um, the way it's now, um, you know, not being able to smoke indoors, for one thing. Yeah. Um, so well, I guess that, that in itself, you know, a, a policy that was implemented by the government which says... This is bad, so we're going to make it difficult for people. Yeah. And we're going to make it safer for the people who don't want to engage with it. Yeah. But, like, alcoholism uh-huh. is a massive issue in the country. But there's, there's nothing that significant, I don't think, that's happening around that. Yeah. And then 
similar with other similarly with other um, aspects of society. So, the food that we eat, the amount of bad food, you yeah. know, junk food, things that are bad for you, sugar. You know, yes, there's things like sugar tax and things, but that doesn't seem to be challenged or tackled, you know, in that way. But and then the other part of me, I flip it on its head and go, ah, do I want the government deciding everything that I? If I want to go and have a Big Mac and then go and have six pints of lager, I should be allowed to Yeah, I mean, the way I would look at it is that unless you're entirely self-sufficient and you're choosing exactly what to grow in your allotment, <laughs> unless you're doing that, someone somewhere is deciding the food that you're going to eat. So if it's not the government, the supermarkets are deciding what they put on the shelves. Yeah. Um, there's a, I can't remember his name now, but there is a guy on YouTube and there's a video of him, I think, going into a co-op. And he's kind of like trying to get people to think like, you do not want to buy these biscuits. They have been put here because someone else wants you to buy them. Yeah. And you can, I think, forget that a lot of the things that we say, oh, we don't want government to, to be deciding that. But it's still being constructed by corporations who are trying to, to make money. Yeah, and it's it. And this is it. We said it on the last show, like, you know, comes down to making money which is yeah. just so horrendous isn't it um and that, and that's something so so it's almost like we've got everything the wrong way round, and that people you know there i mean there are people like this don't get me wrong but we need more people that are um basing their products and their you know what their life goals are around helping people and around making people um putting people in a better position a healthier position a position mm. where they're happier because i think that's part of the issue is that you know we essentially when these companies talk about we've just talked about wealth financially yeah you know happiness has got to be high on people's agendas as to why we're here and what we're you know why yeah. what's what's the purpose Absolutely. of getting up every day is and i think too much the kind of I, I don't want to say the view of society because I don't think there is a, there, there is no single coherent view, but I think the dominant view in society is that we exist within the economy. Mm. Whereas actually the economy is an entirely social construct. Yeah. It's something that we have the power to influence and to control. Mm. We don't exist within it, it exists yeah. within us. And I think people forget that. And I think part of the issue there, I suppose, is that it's a collective, isn't it? Is that it exists because of a... Uh, but most people live as individuals and don't see that they have an influence into it and have a kind of pers perspective of, well, what can I do about it? Mm. Almost like people who, who don't vote, you know. Well, it's not going to make any difference, is it? My one vote kind of thing. And obviously, if everyone thinks that, then... <laughs> you know, so, then where do you end up? Yeah. Yeah. So, so there is an element of taking your own personal responsibility. But there's a couple of very specific examples that just made me... They just kind of made me laugh when I was writing them down. So I want to throw them out at you and see what you think. Really. Go on. So, like, society, right? Sliders. Sliders. Right. These things, sliders. A slider is essentially like... Um, it's not a flip-flop, is it? Because a flip-flop goes has got a bit between, between your toes. toes. But I, my friend's son wears these sliders now, and I'm pretty sure he wears them with socks. Which, I'm, is that right? <laughs> I mean, there is no right and wrong. <laughs> yeah, right. There is no right and wrong. But 
I'd say even five years ago, maybe ten years ago, you would have been laughed off the face of the planet <laughs> for wearing for wearing those things. And now, and then I see people walking down the street with the the. This is going to be you now, isn't it? Two or three inch, the two or three inches of the bottom of their trousers rolled up. Oh, I mean, yeah. And you got them on today. You've yes. got, oh, you've got it today. Oh, my trousers are cropped. And and <laughs> right, and I've got written here, shoes with no socks. That's a fashion thing, isn't it? And look, yeah, and look you've what got we've shoes got. with no socks. <laughs> so this is it, right? But that definitely wasn't the fashion five years ago. No. So you, you personally, I'm just picking on you now. <laughs> brace yourself. But you personally, you know, this, you know, are a product, and me, are products of society in terms of that. Because if you put yourself in a white room and you put clothes on racks around the outside, you know, with no external influences, you you don't know that you'd choose what you're wearing. And same for me, what Mm -hmm. I'm wearing. You see other people wearing these things, and you don't even necessarily go, "Oh, I really like that." You yeah, just it's think very subconscious, that's the fashion. But yes, in fact, you've hit the nail on the head. I don't even think you think about it. No, you... we don't. I think we don't question a lot of the things that we do as individuals. We don't question it. No, and we we accept that things are the way they are, and that we want the things we want without actually thinking, "Well, why is that?" And I think, right. You've you've hit the nail. On, you've 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 just said what I've written down here. I've put that the reason behind this is that people want to fit in. Yeah. People don't want to stand out and be different in a because it might stand out and make them different in a negative way. Yeah. And some people, you know, it's almost like I'm sure it's not possible that everything's been done, but in some respects, you know, so much stuff's been done that when you see someone walking down the street and they've got blue hair, people don't. I wouldn't have thought now that people think, wow, that person is radical. Mm. Because you just think, well, I've seen people with blue hair before. Yeah. Whereas in like the the 1950s or something, if someone (laughs) walked down the street with blue hair, people would be like, what the, you know, that is a radical, you know. And so there are individuals that come up with different looks and things, and particularly like celebrities and pop stars and like, you heard of Boy George? Mm-hmm. So like Boy George, when when in the eighties, so when I was a teenager, I'm not a teenager, when I was a young a, a boy, I remember hearing Richard Branson, who I think signed Boy George um, Virgin Records, said when he first saw him, he was just like he was this beautiful man, but dressed in this kind of uh, you know, outrageous outfits yeah. and was just this gorgeous human being kind of thing. No one had ever seen anything like it before. Well, I've seen pictures of friends of mine now essentially trying to be Boy George yeah. 25 years ago. Yeah. Like, because you copy. And it comes down even to things like, I, I, I love this, um, language. How often now do people use the word super at the beginning of something? It's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, they say like, oh, it's super quick. Like, it was a really super quick journey into work. Um, I, yeah, he's super funny. He is. I don't think I do that. Oh, no. You'll you'll catch yourself because <laughs> I've noticed I've done it. I do it, and I was thinking, I'm sure this didn't used to be a thing. Yeah. So I've clearly picked it up from somewhere. Yeah, I mean, we're all deeply social beings. Yeah, that's what I, th- I think. There is something instinctive in wanting to fit into a crowd, and that is a survival thing. Ah. I think. I th- well, I, yeah, I think there's some sort of interesting something to do with your your genes or whatever that yeah. that makes you intrinsically 
social and to want to fit in to yeah. survive. I think that's that's a really interesting point. I think that's probably true. But it's very much manipulated now. I feel by advertising and things like that. Yeah. Because it's creating this illusion of fitting into something. Yeah. That because I mean trends seem to come out of nowhere, don't they? Y- yeah. So it's not that. Suddenly... I've got I've got a fidget spinner. Yeah. <laughs> It's terrible. (laughs) But trends seem they seem to just appear out of thin air. Yeah. And like flossing. (laughs) I can't do that. So every time someone says flossing, I still think of good for you. Flossing, and I think that's fantastic. Um, (laughs) The the other thing, and I I have said this previously on a show with because I remember Nicholas saying about it that made me laugh. But it's a really good example is um, flat whites. You know, like coffee. All of a sudden, flat whites were everywhere mm. a few months ago. Um, and and then there was a McDonald's advert where they said, you, you know, they were saying about people not um, knowing what it was. And then the McDonald's person says, it's basically um, a strong coffee, but with, yeah. with quite a bit of milk in it. You know, and it's like, oh, sounds all right, that. You know, and people, all of a sudden, people are buying flat whites everywhere. Yeah. Um, it... it but I think that's a really interesting point that is people wanting to fit in so that they're um, part of the tribe. But knowing then, advertisers knowing that, you know, if you can get manipulating that, it, you know, yeah. then yeah, then actually you're actually trying to do that. Psychologically speaking, and from a personal mental health point of view, you know, do you think it's a damaging thing that, or do you think it's a definitely, and. Drawing on my own experience, um, because in the previous year I worked in retail, mm. and I just because that's where I worked, and because I was constantly in a city centre, yeah. being surrounded by advertising and shops, there was constantly a list of things that I wanted, yeah. and I felt incomplete, and I was constantly stressing like, oh, I need to get this, I need to get that, yeah. and then since I've taken myself away from that. And I started studying again, mm-hmm. and I don't. I, I very, very rarely watch TV. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a lot of reading and stuff like that. That isn't exposing me to, and I'm not on social media as well, so I'm not constantly being exposed to advertising, right. and it's not around me. I find that I'm actually really happy, and I really don't want anything. That's re- That's amazing. Okay, that's interesting because I thought you were going to say the opposite. When I said to you, do you think it's a, a good or like a good or a bad thing? Because I think, I, I mean, maybe it's because there's no uh, one way or the other answer. But the, my view of it to start with was actually when people fit in, they don't get ostracized. They don't get picked on for, be, you know, people who are people who don't fit in with, you know, clothes wise or fashion wise, for yeah. example, or the words you use or the, you know, the age gap, like I mentioned before. When I work with people who, uh, I'm, I'm very like Nicola, that's been on this podcast quite a few times. You know, she she always, you know, she like calls me granddad and says, "Oh my god, I can't believe you've just said that because it's something that." And she's like, "We just people just don't talk like that anymore." Like, and I'm like, "What are you, you know?" Because you you come at it from a different perspective. But I suppose if I did watch Love Island or whatever, you know, fill in the blank um, latest TV show, then maybe I would pick up the latest language or the yeah. latest fashions or. Um, so that kind of and she's teasing don't get me wrong she's only teasing she's not like it doesn't get me down Um, but 
yeah if you don't engage and you don't know these things then you mm -hmm. then you struggle you might struggle to fit in and when people are different you know it then become maybe that's a struggle as well to maintain or to, to develop your happiness if you feel like you're on the outside so yeah. i don't know some people might watch i'm not picking on love island like i said i've never even seen it so but people might watch that thinking well i've got to watch that because i'm going to school tomorrow and everyone's going to be talking about yeah. it yeah you know so you kind of it's it's difficult it's challenging to be that person that's yeah that, that but i but i think the underlying thing what we've said before in the previous podcast about you know the relationship you have with yourself and being able to spend that time on your own with your own thoughts and just recognizing their just thoughts and you don't have to engage with them yeah that is very difficult if you're spending your whole time watching tv and engaging with the matrix yeah because it's like we we said before that advertising is just constantly it functions as a reminder of everything you don't have that yeah. is that is what advertising is there for yeah and it and it has the effect i mean companies don't spend millions and millions of pounds on it because it doesn't work they do it because it works yeah absolutely I, and the, and and the majority of it as well is an illusion isn't it in terms of the um yes there are aspects of the um higher quality of products but you know if you look at branding for example the branding of a product something that you know <laughs> i'm just going to pick on this i used to love fire trap clothing i used to i used to have loads of fire trap clothes when i was in my like late 20s and all of a sudden you can get fire trap at sports direct right so all of a sudden that whole brand you know it just changed everything yeah because it used to be that you'd go and spend 40 quid on a t-shirt and it's just got the little tiny little fire trap logo yeah I'd be like yeah i'm looking cool in a fire trap t-shirt now it's like you can get it for six quid in yeah. sports direct and that's really powerful because it's so linked to money yeah and i think i think naomi klein talks about this she says that you might as well just walk around with the price tags on your clothing because that's all branding is about really oh, i like it we yeah. think that it's just like an expression of who we are and we we really like the brand but i don't think people would really like the brand if it wasn't perceived as something yeah. luxurious and sought after yeah. and exclusive and it's all about that idea of exclusivity and that 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 thing about money and it's like money makes the world go round you know unfortunately is that society is driven by that advertising and by that desire and need to to get that thing whatever it is guaranteed you know even if it's a car within a fortnight of having it it's just your car yeah you know like, <laughs> now don't get me wrong i mean i drive a skoda but like don't get me wrong you you know it, it must be nice to have more exp and more expensive car or more powerful car or whatever but and I don't want to go as far as being like, it doesn't matter what I wear, I'm going to get everything from Matalan, you know, and because it just doesn't matter. I do think there's an aspect of it, it makes you feel special, it makes you feel good, and mm. but it's, it is momentary. It's very, tran yeah, it's very transient. It, it's short-lived, and, it, and it's not the thing that makes you happy. And so I think that, you know, coming to the conclusion of this, I do think that have the, the reason I wanted to talk about this subject with, with a, a younger person who's trendy essentially and i say that as a compliment but coming from me it might not be <laughs> but, but, but like is because i'm because i know that you don't you personally 
you don't engage in that in terms of you know in terms of society you have you're you're you know an introspective guy you, you you're able to look at things differently and with a very like um wise mind i'd say but potentially because of experiences you've you know experiences yeah. you've been through no doubt but there may be people out there that are listening to this that that it might be thought provoking for them yeah. that's why i wanted to talk about it to be honest yeah I think the the thing that's just popped into my head there, and I really don't want to say this to sound really morbid, because, I mean, it is. <laughs> but at the end of your life, you're hopefully not going to look back and think, oh, I wish I'd bought this, or I wish I'd had that. At the end of someone's life, and what people, and this is where it gets morbid, what people talk about at a funeral mm -hmm. is not, oh... This person was amazing because they had X, Y, oh, and Z. Oh, do you remember those trainers he had? Yeah, yeah the people don't talk about that. <laughs> it's all about the connections that you have and the way you make people feel and the things mm. that you've done for other people. They're the things, to me, and obviously everyone's value systems are different, but that is the thing to me that is important. I think that's. A, I think it's a really good point. And actually, the, towards the beginning of this podcast i was i nearly started talking about um, when you die like you know and I, and I thought yeah um same thing i was thinking oh should i talk about that but i was thinking you know they do say you know you leave as you came in you know you 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 don't have you don't take anything with you um yeah. so actually uh, i mean i find it interesting when people talk about legacy and what they're leaving behind and it is so yes i do i think you know an accumulation of wealth which then leads to philanthropic kind of behaviors and doing things that help others and that great that's fantastic but even for the normal person in the street you know you can rather you, you can let it consume you i think is the point i'm trying to make whatever your the pursuit of x whether it's mm. a pair of trainers a new car a new house um you know a better looking partner whatever <laughs> it is like you whatever it is you're in pursuit of you, uh, if you let that, if you let that consume you, and you think that that is, oh my god, I'm going to say it again. Um, I apologise because I say this all the time, but you think that there is a destination. Happiness is a destination. Oh yeah. If I get to there, I will be happy, and if I get to there, oh, everything will be yeah. great, and I can relax, and I'll have no worries anymore. Yeah. And when I was in what I would like classify as a depressive state, that would that was my mentality. It was like, well, I'll be happy either when I've done this, when I've achieved this when I've got a certain thing... Me too. ...then I'll be happy. Yeah. And actually, none of that stuff will make you happy. No. Happiness isn't something... Like, you can't, you can't plan out a life and then live it. You have to just live it. Yeah. And the same with, with happiness. You can't plan happiness and then experience it. You, you, you just have it. Let me tell you a very quick story to finish this off, okay? Because it, I think it, I didn't know I was going to say this, but I think it encapsulates it beautifully, I think. The happiest moment, and it's happened to me probably six times now in the last five days. Um, I know, I, I, you know what I'm going to say. Um, has nothing to do with belongings, possessions, or anything like that. It is, there is an element of consumerism in it because it comes in the form of a song from the Frog Princess I think it's called the frog princess you know the disney film have you seen that no awesome right um these this these two people there's a prince and a and a really hard working uh, girl and they get turned into frogs and it's a disney film i think it's disney and they go and see it's set in like new orleans 
and they go and see this okay. kind of um, witch who lives out in the swamp in the marshlands, mm -hmm. and she sings this song. And this song is called... Are you going to sing it? Now? I'm not going to sing it. I sing it. <laughs> I sing it to my kids. This is what I'm getting at. And it's called Dig a Little Deeper. And right. it's basically saying that your happiness is within you. It's a very powerful message for like a children's song. And that she's saying like, you know, this prince frog, you know, he wants to be rich again. He's come to her. He said, I've been turned into a frog. I want to be human and I want you to make me rich again. Anyway, he said, she turns around to the, to the girl and she says, and her father has died when when uh, she was a little girl, and she's now like a you know late teenage years, whatever. Yeah. And she say, he says, um, she says, you're a you're a strange one. It's a difficult it's difficult to see um, where happiness is going to come from. But um, you your daddy was a loving man. In fact, this is the actual lyrics. Your daddy was a loving man, family through and through. You're your daddy's daughter. What he had in him, you have in you. I'm welling up talking about this. And, this, and that's what she sings. And I sing that to my little girl. And yeah. when I explain the lyrics to her, that she, you're your daddy's daughter, and yeah. what I have in me, you have in you, yeah. she beams. Oh. She loves it. I'm crying. This is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> she absolutely beams. Yeah. And that makes me happier than anything. Yeah. So it's like... You know, yes, it comes from a Disney movie or whatever, but it's an emotional connection. Um, it is something that you can't buy. No. You know, buying children is frowned upon. Um, <laughs> <but like, laughs> We're encouraging that. But like that, but do you see what I mean? You know, yeah. that, so just to finish off, you know, human connection, things like that, it's, it's experiences yeah. that actually build your happiness. Yeah, and they're the things that we should be striving towards. Yeah. When you feel down and depressed I think it's really important to remember that it's it's the kind of it's the non-material things in life that are actually going to make a lasting yes. difference beautiful I really enjoyed this thank you so much for coming in again Jester. thank you for having me and thank you you guys for listening out there as always I really enjoyed this one um, and follow me on Twitter Mental Coms M-E-N-T-A-L-C-O-N-V-S and another episode of Mental Conversations will be winging its way to you soon Thanks, mate.